This is Untitled MMA. Untitled MMA Podcast, September 10th, 2019. Almost fucked it up. Uh, coming off UFC 242 in Abu Dhabi, Beeb, Dustin Poirier. We'll get into all that. But before we do, I just hit my elbow on the table. I'm Buju. I am Brendan. I'm Bryce. Okay. Why do they call it your funny bone? It's not very <laughs> funny. It, you're humorous. <laughs> it's not very funny when you hit it, though, right, kids? <laughs> Facts. Uh, but yeah. Where are we going? Uh, UFC 242. Khabib successfully defends the lightweight championship. Who shared my tweet? Hmm? Or retweeted my tweet in like proper that. terms? Huh? You retweeted my tweet? I don't know what you're talking he about. He quoted it. What? You didn't want it shared? The fact that it's retweeted but not liked is... Okay. I liked it. Bryce did like it. It's it's one of those things that... It's like a pet peeve. It's a disrespectful... If you retweet it, you have to like a tweet? Is that a thing? Yeah, you share it, you have to like it. That's Facebook well, and Twitter. Well, what about those stupid ones? It's like retweet for this, like for that. I hate those tweets, by the way. I always ignore them, even if I have strong opinions. The only time I respond to those, if I like it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if the correct... My opinion on it is the like. I'll never okay. retweet for the answer. That's fair. That's fair. I can live with that. Because it's just a like, so fuck Those it. are so rigged because it's always going to get more likes than... yeah. Retweets. Um, and then sometimes when you see more retweets and likes, it's like, yeah, you made a dump hole because that wasn't even close, buddy. Uh, <laughs> so you liked it even though you shared it with uh, or retweeted it with Untitled. I also liked it with Untitled, so you quit your bitching. My phone must be slow because it might be. I didn't get it. If you're curious as to what we're talking about, go to Untitled MMA's Twitter account, and you'll see the reason for a slight delay in today's recording. Uh, but Khabib successfully defends the lightweight championship against Dustin Poirier. Allegedly. Ooh. Okay, that's Ooh. a take. <laughs> <laughs> that's very much a take. Uh, successfully defends his belt in Abu Dhabi. His first – is that a se- second successful second defense? defense. Eh, it's his first, though. Allegedly. I mean, this was his first fight. Well, because <clears throat> he was – Okay, uh, hold on. Everybody, calm down now. Let's okay. not all fucking talk at once. So, <laughs> so Khabib's fight with Connor. He was already the lightweight champion. Yes, he that won seems like it bullshit against to me. Al. Oh fuck out of here. That was okay. So he won the championship against Connor. This was his first successful defense. That was the, a decision win in the Buju right? book of what? Against Al Quinta. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that fight didn't happen. Essentially, that was a sparring session. We're gonna count that as a fight. Fuck out of here. <laughs> Sparring session. I like it. But anyways, Khabib defends his title against Dustin Poirier. Poirier's only shot was in about fucking twenty second windows at the beginning of each round, and then Khabib was going to take him down and beat Khabib. So I don't know what Poirier could have done different outside of be a better wrestler. I think that was always going to go the way it went. And I per I just want to throw this out there before I forget. I personally think that Poirier's guillotine was not as deep as the announcers and my brother was watching with me. He thought it was deep. I didn't think it was as deep. Maybe because I don't know. It just didn't look that deep to me. I saw people on Twitter saying like, "How did 
Khabib survived that guillotine. To like, he definitely had it in, but there was never a moment where I was like, the fight's about to end. Yeah, I agree. I also didn't listen to the announcers because uh, I had a girlfriend asleep right next to me, so it was on mute. So I have no idea whether how they were calling that, but yeah, it didn't look deep at all. It didn't look sketchy what whatsoever. I mean, it definitely was in there. It wasn't like just the chin or anything, or like uh, what's what's that called when you're just like neck crank? And it wasn't definitely wasn't like a neck crank or anything, but it didn't look deep enough to where I felt like B was going to tap. Yeah, because it's got to be in stupid deep in order for it to like potentially make someone tap because the guillotine it's just the angle that you have yeah. to go around someone's neck it's not a very efficient choke and like i don't know shit about jujitsu but i feel like yeah doing it applying a guillotine from the bottom you have to be even more so locked in than you do and in a more yeah advantageous and you need position. both hook you need yes. to be completely wrapped around the guy and I mean, he just didn't check out off all the imaginary, what I would imagine are boxes. For As I was choke. watching, I definitely kept saying he needs a second hook. He needs a second hook. Cause not only like I've been in the guillotine, obviously not by like the jujitsu, like black belt or anything by me, basically the same thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but not only does the hooks like further, like the strength and the squeeze of the neck, but if you do it correctly, you can also squeeze the stomach, which mm. can affect like breathing patterns. You're talking like about a what's that called? Body lock. Yeah, yeah. You, if you well, it depends from the. It didn't look like Poirier would be able to do that since he was more on yeah. his back than laying flat in a sense. But if you do it effectively, you can definitely squeeze the body as you are pulling, you know, as you have your hooks in and you're pulling. Yeah. Plus, that. if you throw in, get both legs around Khabib it makes it harder for him to move mm-hmm. everything else to try to get out of it. Even if he, he had, just couldn't do that. Even if Poirier had the best possible fucking guillotine in that position, I still don't feel like Khabib would have tapped. Like, I think if he has both hooks in, it's scary for Khabib personally. I just feel like with Khabib on top, and Khabib just doesn't seem like a guy who's going to tap. Like Maybe he I goes out. I think he go to sleep before he taps. Yeah. That To me, that's who Khabib is. In my I eyes. legitimately think if he had the second hook, Khabib loses the fight. Like, my first thought when Poirier locks it in was, no way Khabib's going to tap. It's not like, I wonder if he can sink this in deeper. It's It was, no way Khabib taps to this. That was my first thought when the guillotine started happening. When it, My first thought was like, whoa, what's happening here? <laughs> I was thinking second hook. Hell yeah. I love it. So, am I crazy for saying that I think Conor McGregor, his game plan yes. worked better than... Dustin Poirier, he lasted longer. He won a round. Connor won a round? Yeah, even on the judges' scorecard. The only round that Khabib's ever lost in his career. So People which round did he that. lose? He lost the third round. I can't remember everything that happened in that. And Connor got... I assume that that was one where he probably didn't land the takedown. And Connor got submitted in the fourth? Yes. So he technically lost three rounds to one. Not... If it was going to decision. Yeah, right. probably. In four rounds. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have a good enough memory of the fucking Connor fight at this point to rem- know how the game plan went. They both got their fucking ass whooped at the end of the day. Yeah. And watching this fight, especially once he started landing those takedowns, the only guy that I think might be able to actually beat Khabib, and like I said in our group chat afterwards, everyone else is just looking for a flash knockout, mm-hmm. is... Tony Ferguson. And the I fl- just think because of he's 100% okay with being on bottom. Mm-hmm. So I could see him if he goes for a takedown pulling guard to where he's in a pos- position he's at least comfortable in. 
And honestly, at this point, I agree with you that Tony has the best chance. But I, I don't know. I, I don't feel like anybody's gonna beat Khabib right now. Not this version of Khabib, anyway. I, everybody obviously deteriorates at some point in their career and have a. a, a what am I trying to say here? Their skill level falls down a bit. But mm-hmm. right now, I don't see Khabib losing to anybody, and I don't see Khabib fighting more than three more times. So it's hard to say that somebody is going to beat him. And Khabib, I think he has, he, especially displayed against Connor, kind of like rocking him. I don't necessarily remember if he rocked him or just stumbled Connor when Connor fell or whatever. But I think he looked impressive standing up against uh, Poirier. Yeah, I thought that his hands actually looked pretty good. At and some point, I was back on some replays. I, I think the end of in between the second and the third. It looked like Poirier hit him pretty well, but his head movement was just so erratic that he couldn't keep landing anything. There was at points where I was like, I was about to say, because I was thinking, like, is Khabib really outstriking Poirier right now? He's definitely not a technical strider, but it's like he throws in lanes. It's weird. He was he was doing much his better. His style up. is, like you said, far from technical, but it seems to be very effective for his overall fighting style. It was it was he was his standing up was working against Poirier, but uh, obviously wouldn't have worked that long. I think he would have got rocked. But I just want to say it's highly unnoted. And I feel like Poirier only got one really good shot in, and all the shots that he did land. Yeah, and then like I think that was in that second round, and Khabib just started throwing his head around like a wild yeah. chicken. There was one second where it felt like Poirier might have been overwhelming him, but it didn't feel like Khabib was in trouble. <clears throat> you know what I mean? Yeah, mm-hmm. because then it, what ended up happening was Khabib got up to the fence, and then he started just pushing Dustin all the way to the other side of the octagon and shot for a takedown. And Khabib uses the cage better than anyone in MMA Facts. to secure takedowns he just has and an, also keep his opponents on the ground. He just has it what feels like an automatic escape route whenever he gets in trouble. Yeah. And doesn't and, feel like anybody can stop it. Yeah. It was crazy to me that Dustin was willing to just keep walking back and back and back until he was up against the cage. Because at that point, you have nothing. Because mm-hmm. Khabib shoots then, you're going to end up getting taken down. If you and had, in a very bad position. If you had to pick a fight, the f- the fight right now, who do you think wins out of Khabib and Tony? Khabib. 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 Yeah. I think, until Tony, I think that Tony's the only one that can actually outclass him and actually get him in something. But I don't think it'll happen. It's going to be, like Bryce said, it's going to have to be somebody that's comfortable on the bottom just because you're going to end up on the bottom. Like, that doesn't seem like anybody can stop that from happening. So if you're going to end up there, it has to be somebody who can work from that spot. And I feel like Tony's the best at working from that spot. Until I think that he's the best until he witnesses the strength and just, like, raw skill of Khabib. He's never faced anybody like him, obviously. And I think uh-huh. when he gets in that situation, he's going to crumble just like Connor did and just like Poirier did, personally. Yeah. I mean, Khabib even though might he's, knock him out. Even though he's more skillful. Like, on yeah. the feet. That's not a crazy take. Because, <laughs> I mean, he just throws some wild uh, arching hooks. And, and Tony gets rocked he, in every fucking fight he's ever been he, in, it feels like. It pretty much. Shout out so, Lando Venata. <laughs> So in saying that, I think the only person that could beat Khabib is somebody from a higher weight class, like a GSP. If that's I mean, ever that's happened. not a bad. He take loses, either. I think, to a lot of guys, a lot of big one seventy years. Usman, yes, yeah. I think he loses doubt. to Usman. I yeah. think he loses the Usman, Woodley, Colby, Colby, GSP. Without a doubt, Masvidal, probably. Ugh, I think tough. his wrestling is going to be good enough, and his striking is so much better. 
I don't know how Masvidal's wrestling is personally. So well, even then, I'm just adding an extra 15 pounds of man because Mas- I don't think Khabib can get that much bigger. Masvidal has fought at 155 too. For he's also fought at 185 successfully. And another thing that bothers me about Khabib, he's got a big fucking head. His head looks like it shouldn't match his body, which probably shouldn't be coming from a person like me. But <laughs> it, it just bothers me. He bothers me. His appearance, him. Yeah, I really don't like Khabib. Person. I don't either. And there's people that love him. And the people that love him who shouldn't love him based on other things that they believe in. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Khabib yeah, seems like I, he gets a pass on some things that he shouldn't be getting a pass on. Seeing as how he's best buds with Radman. What's his last name? Caddy Rov. Ad, yeah, that guy. He's yeah. terrible dictator dude that was in the arena. Yeah. Yeah. Also, what kind of bullcrap is it that the UFC had this arena made in two months and it was like 80 something degrees in the arena? I heard it was 90 something degrees in the arena. Yeah, and that might be a thing too. And it was like humid too. It's like, man, you got to do better. That's what the. That, that's, that's a big thing for fighters. That's the, what the World Cup in Qatar is going to be like. That's trash. It's Qatar crazy. is trash too. Qatar so. is trash. Only reason they got it is because they bribed FIFA and that's why FIFA is the most corrupt. Uh, foreign, like, international sporting authority? Is that a thing in the world? Olympic Committee is pretty fucking shady, too. I mean, they yet proved, though, with FIFA, with the Qatar. Yeah. Everybody's pretty shady anyway. But, yeah, I get what you're saying. (laughs) Anything else on that main event? Uh, Obviously, what we all think, Tony should be next for Khabib. Has to be. No one else. Literally nobody. What about Poirier? No. Oh. <laughs> no, I'm not saying that. <laughs> I'm asking what's next for Poirier. Uh, I mean, there's a few fights for him. It could be the winner of Cerrone Gaethje this weekend. It could be Conor McGregor to get that rematch if Conor wants to fight before he wants a title shot, which he should. Um, Paul Felder just won in the co-main, and he wants a top five guy. It's kind of crazy that we've never gotten Cerrone versus Poirier. That feels like a fight that should have happened. Well, or I wait, mean, maybe when <laughs> Poirier was tearing up lightweight, Cowboy is a welterweight. That's never happened. That's crazy. It's just the, those two guys, two guys that have been around forever, both fought in WEC. It's crazy that they just never crossed paths. And Poirier, I can see it happening. Poirier getting emotional at the press conference was like touching. I didn't watch it. Was it was kind of sad. Yeah, he was. I only saw like clips. He choked up like twice, and he had to stop talking for like. A second or two, and then got back to it. I guess Khabib is donating to whatever Poirier's tr- uh, charity is. Watch it's called the Good Fight or something like that. And Dane is matching yeah. whatever Khabib donates. Which is That's good. Cool. Watch the post fight, and you would know the shit. Not a super fan like you, man. Yeah, I'd yeah. love Khabib. I'm trying to be like you someday. <laughs> love Khabib. Oh, wait, you're probably talking in general. <laughs> what? You're probably talking about super fan in general. Oh, yeah. Both. Oh, speaking of Khabib, since he came up again, fuck his wig. The, he bought it at an airport. The, what is it called? For like $9. Paprika? I, I don't know. It's fucking terrible. Little puffy hat. Brendan hates it. I kind of... That's the only thing I like about Khabib. Yeah. It's I terrible. How do you like that? Hat. I don't know. It fits him. Yeah. I thought that I was his like real when hair. He puts it on Joe. It's ugly. He's in the US. He's ugly, so it does fit. I thought it was his real hair when I first... Like, when Not he too. first started blowing up, I thought that was his real hair. When Because every, everywhere I seen him, I feel like it was like... Just his like his picture photo, 
on his picture photo on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I almost just said picture photo, assuming everybody knew what I was talking about. But that's... Pro- are you saying profile picture? Profile. You said picture photo. <laughs> <laughs> Play three times. <laughs> you really did. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Oh, it's for, I don't know what I'm talking about. Title. Picture photo. Uh, yeah, I don't know. The hat's fine. It's terrible. Yeah, but what do you guys think for is next for Poirier? I kind of like the cowboy idea. Well, I, I think it, no matter who wins, I don't think he fights cowboy if he loses to Gaethje. Why? Because he wants to stay at literally number one contender. Although Poirier has been active lately, I definitely think he wants to take some time to recess and evaluate some shit. Not to say that he's like going to retire or anything, but after everything that he's worked for and it to come in like this, I think he's want he's wanting a little time off. Khabib took everything he worked for, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I definitely could see that because I, I guess a similar ass. thing happened when he fought the Korean Zombie at 145. There's essentially a title eliminator. He lost it, and he was about as emotional as he was post-fight uh, in Abu Dhabi. So, losing I stinks. definitely hope th- for the best for him. Losing fucking stinks, and especially in fighting, I would imagine where it's an individual sport, and there's so much preparation that goes into it. You have to work your way up to that title shot. Losing's fucking hard, and it, I assume it's only amplified in a situation like that. I would yeah, be because I mean, mess. you're working three months for one guy. And that, especially knowing that that one guy took your three months of preparation, threw it back in your face, and put you on your head. I wanted to punch a guy in the fucking face for losing a stock car race yesterday, and it wasn't even me in the fucking car. So I can't imagine (laughs) what that situation feels like where it starts hitting you that I just lost. All that was for a loss. You know what I mean? Yeah. As soon as you think about it, it's almost instantaneous. It's just like in the moment, like you know you lost, but then you start thinking of it, all the work you did going into it, all, all the work you're going to have to put back in if you want to get back to that spot again. It's no literally, you got to fight the same the guy that just whoops your fucking ass. Literally, once you start thinking about the loss is yeah. when it, the emotions overcome. Facts. Because then you have those couple seconds where you obviously think about the loss, but you're not thinking about it deeply. You're just like thinking like, all right, fuck, I just lost. And then you think... You just think about it. More, and then you the got to go in front of a room full of media members who are asking you questions about the loss. You got to go home to your family after you lost. That's a tough situation, man. I can't fault anybody for being upset. Yeah, 100%. Uh, our good friend Paul Felder pulled off a victory in the co-main event against Edson Barboza. Seems yeah. like it was a bit of a controversial decision. I didn't see the whole fight, so I can't say for sure. But I don't know. Happy for Paul Felder. I think he deserves a big win. Um, I think it, uh, anyone that whose opinion I respect on scoring a fight said that Paul Felder won. Anyone else, I don't care about. That makes me feel better. Yeah, I like but, Edson Barboza, but um, Paul Felder is an exciting guy to watch, and he seems like a guy who's earned good things, and hopefully, he keeps building towards a title shot. It's crazy. As much as I like Paul Felder and as talented of a fighter as he is, it's kind of crazy that it's a realistic shot. Paul Felder could get a title shot pretty soon. Mm-hmm. I mean, he called out some, anyone in the top five next. He's not a call-out guy normally. He yeah, said if he man. doesn't get someone in the top five, he might just retire. Hell yeah, brother. He said he might be a commentator or an actor. Right. Imagine Paul Felder in a uh, Fast and Furious movie. He's got to get that handshake up. <laughs> That's facts. Uh, I don't Is really have any... any... Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just asking if there's anything else of note on the card. Not really. Curtis Blade's got to win. Over Shamil Abdullah. 
All right. So. I, that sounds like a name. Shamil um, Abubakarov. <laughs> it did seem like he just won by gr- his very impressive ground and pound. He's just a guy that if you can't beat Francis Ngannou, which he's shown he literally cannot do it, it's not going to bode very well for him in the UFC. Curtis Blaze is a guy who's going to be one fight away from a title shot every two years forever, <laughs> as, long as, in the, as long as he's in the UFC. Pretty much. He's the new JDS, maybe a Glover I mean, Teixeira type? Yeah, Glover Teixeira. That's a good yeah. comparison. Obviously different styles, but the yeah, same 100%, type of guy. But their place in the division, I think that is probably a very accurate uh, comparison. The name Curtis Blades, you're born to be some sort of combat Fighter. sport competitor. Yeah. Uh, I guess that's it on USC 242, just because it was such a... It was a two-fight card. It was. And it was at two in the afternoon. Like, I don't like fights being at 10 o'clock at night, but I don't like them being at two in the afternoon either. I don't mind that they do cards in the Middle East, in Europe, and things like that. If you're going to make people pay for it, though, in the U.S., Make it at a good time in the U.S. Dude, like six. I know that's probably late as shit over there. Let's find out. What time is I'm, it in Abu Dhabi? I'd imagine that they're eight hours ahead of us. It's one thirty. We're in the eastern. Six, seven hours. Seven hours. Man, yeah, you can. Yeah, it'll be late as crap there. But if the, you want to do a, a pay per view and you have America paying for it. But when you they, have to do it at a time that's more convenient. Michael Bisping versus Dan Henderson, when that was in Manchester and it was a pay-per-view, it was still it was, regular time in the U.S. I feel uh-huh. like it's Abu Dhabi. They probably cut the UFC a nice little checkerino, and they get to oh, dictate the rules. Probably. That's why they're there. Yeah. is because they cut a fat, fat checkerino, as <laughs> the kids say. Maybe it's all, not all that safe to be out at night in Abu Dhabi either. I don't know. Haven't been there. Haven't visited. Yeah. Haven't been to Abu Dhabi in a while. They're going to go there once a year for the next four years, though. Damn, they must have cut a hell of a fucking check. Yeah. So is Khabib going to be the Abu Dhabi guy now? That's going to be the only time he fights, my guy. Uh, So outside of UFC 242 news, I guess the biggest news of the week would be Nate Diaz versus Jorge Masvidal, main eventing UFC 244 at the Garden, correct? Yes. So Uh, not for... Go ahead. Also, news added to the news of the week. My boy, Rock, said he would put the belt around uh, Masvidal's waist if he wins, if he can make it to the event. And that belt that Brendan mentioned, not an official UFC championship, but the bad motherfucker belt that Dana White's getting made himself after Nate Diaz declared himself the bad motherfucker champion of the UFC and challenged Jorge Masvidal in his first title defense. So UFC actually gets something right for once and is doing something cool and sort of gimmicky, I guess. And mm-hmm. making the bad motherfucker title is pretty fucking awesome. It I, take, lo- yeah. I really love that move. It takes away from the professionalism of the UFC, which a lot of people care, seem to care about. But I agree that it is the right move and it's fun. And that's it's still a fucking fight that's happening. Like it doesn't take away from. The, I get what you're it's saying. Definitely, I know you professionalism. It's like imagine crowning a champion. Uh, uh, imagine crowning an NFL champion that didn't win the Super Bowl. But that's not what they're doing. They're not that's saying this essentially is essentially what they are doing. They're not saying this is the this is a USC champion. It's the bad motherfucker champion. It's like it's Imagine. like saying defensive team of the year or something. No, it is. I think that I fucking NFL. There's literally movie. a belt for it. <coughs> yeah, there's a trophy for winning the NFL defensive it's team of the, the year. It's not well, no, in it's not the same. my eyes. I put this more towards like 
a rivalry game in college football where there's a trophy on the line that's and you take it with comparison. you. That is a better comparison. I think that that's, that's how I look at it. I think that that's the better way to look at it. But college football, UFC. Come on. You want to yeah, talk the about UFC is much less serious than in college yeah. football. <laughs> college football is professional. Or not college I mean, no. UFC is professional. I mean, depending on what college program football you are, college football is too. No, NFL is professional. I mean, according to certain documents, college football is professional for a number of people. Um, but I think that it's fine. I have no problem with it. They no, did it's what it right. they should do. I agree, but I still stick firm on the fact that it's unprofessional. Who cares? I, I agree. I'm just they're saying. Not, I'm just saying. They're not trying to beat the NFL. They can't. They're, it's way too niche of a market. This is. They're trying to get the crossover between M, uh, WWE fans and combat sports in general. This is the way to do it. It's a great fight, and I'm hoping that the belt turns out awesome. I agree. It better be a fucking smoking skull belt like Stone Cold Steve Austin's WWF Championship. That'd it be should badass. be. And the, I mean, The Rock, it, it's going full fucking gimmick for sure. If they're putting the bad motherfucker belt on the line and The Rock's going to put it on Jorge Masvidal if he wins. You think the uh, Dana will allow that? Yeah. Yes. I mean, that's awesome for the UFC if The Rock's in the octagon. It is. I hope that happens. That's important to me that it happens. Nate wins by KO. Ooh, no, that's a take. I He's think. not gonna knock out Jorge Masvidal. That was a joke, just oh. like to kill the the vibe. <laughs> it did kill the vibe Thanks because it wasn't a very good joke at all. But what's your actual prediction? Masvidal, by uh, yeah, by decision. decision. I guess I agree. It's just hard to say a five round decision. Yeah, I feel. But I don't feel like Jorge knocks him out or submits him either. So I don't know. I uh, guess I am also going Masvidal by decision. I hope it's a good fight. It's going to suck if that fight sucks. It's not going to suck. It, if not, I don't they, think it's possible for that fight to suck. It may not be as great as we hope, but it won't suck. If it happens to be bad, just give Rock the belt. What's your hype level for that fight? It's way too early. Yeah. Brendan isn't going to be hyped about it until they you see Nate Diaz walk out. Um, I would... Say that I'm more excited for this than the welterweight title fight that they oh, tried to yeah. originally book. There. I definitely agree with that. It's like I'm excited for it. I'm just not like over the top for it. I guess. Yeah. Like it's There's a cool only fight. a couple fights that I'd be over the top for though at this point. That's true. It's just not like it's exciting, but I don't, I'm not going crazy about it. It's not. This like... would be my excitement for any John Jones fight, unless it would be like an actually. Good name. I think I'm more excited than this about John Jones because John Jones is going to be fighting fucking like Corey Anderson or some shit next. Yeah, I agree. And I could never give a fuck about a Corey Anderson. It's fight. not like a Max or Connor, nowhere near, but it's definitely higher than a lot of other potential title fights. Usman. Yeah. Uh, not a fucking lot of news this week. That's about the extent of it. Francis Ngannou said he wants to fight again this year. Which to me kind of feels like he's okay with taking a non-title fight because there's no way Stipe fights in the next three months. Yeah, I doubt it. And if he does, I have no idea who he fights. Truly, talking about Francis. Because this is just, huh? Talking about Francis. Yeah. I don't know either. Maybe a Derek Lewis rematch, just so they 
He has he can I'd be okay with that, that, but I don't I know that Derek Lewis also had like very serious surgery. Francis just doesn't need a fight. Like I he doesn't. I'm all for watching Francis Ngannou fight anytime, any day of the week, but it's a stupid move for him to take a fight before a title fight. Because this is me assuming Stipe is not going to fight this year, which I think is a fairly safe assumption. I think that the only way Francis actually fights before he fights for the title is if DC decides he doesn't want to retire and wants to fight Stipe again. Yeah. And so maybe he's open to the idea because he's still trying to find out what DC is going to do. What if, I mean, John Jones wants to fight by the end of the year. Francis Ngannou wants to fight by the end of the year. Nah, that's not going to happen, man. <laughs> He's saying Jones doesn't want to fight Ngannou. Uh, hasn't he said he yeah. doesn't want to fight Ngannou? I don't think so, but he, he does not want that smoke right now. It's uh, Because he isn't a champion. I'm just saying. Jones, that's a lot of risk for a non-title fight. Jones wants to fight. Francis wants to fight. I mean, UFC, UFC would be fucking over the moon if that fight gets booked. Oh, yeah. Dana would be rock hard. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it. That is about as big of a John Jones fight as you can put on right now. I mean, that's probably the biggest realistic John Jones fight you can make. Besides right? when he eventually goes for the heavyweight title. Even then. I think, though, when he does go for it, it's going to be Francis's that holds it. So That's a good take, too. But, yeah, outside of that, like I really don't know who he fights. I, unless he's just going in there to look to get some work done cash a check but even then it's like then you're delaying the title fight longer like you might get that title fight in february if you just wait for stipe yeah i think that he's just open to it because if dc says he wants to fight which i assume we'll probably know by the end of this month or end of october at the latest whether what dc's future is going to look like yeah but uh, at least just, i hope so just, i think that he's professional enough to try to not hold up the title picture too much just by the way he made it sound he wants to fight this year so yeah jones versus um, francis let's do it um yeah but it, i found out there's only going to be one uh pay-per-view in december and it's going to be like in the middle of the month and it sounds like there could be a potential of i think it was three title fights a nunez fight john jones and there's someone else and i don't remember what the third champion was in december in december that are being rumored huh. because that's just kind of aligning with the timetables that they want to return. I, I'm um, fine with having a fucking super card, but I don't want to do it if it's going to ruin the next three months pay-per-views too. And then you're struggling to fight a t find a title fight to put on those. I agree. And so then my question is when, if you're going to have those two title fights, we'll say Nunez and John Jones fight in December. When do you try to book, um, What's it called? Uh, Masvidal, or not Masvidal, Usman Covington. Because that fight has to happen. That's Jan the fight that people want. January. Just as January, you think? I mean, that's very much a fucking hangover title fight. Yeah. Uh, Ariel Hawani suggested doing it the week before the pay-per-view in December, which is held in Washington, D.C. Say that again? That would... Ariel, because the pay-per-view is going to be December 14th. Okay. Ariel Hawani suggests doing it on December 7th, and that event's in D.C. So you have four title fights in two weeks? Yeah, maybe. That's crazy. Doing it in D.C., though, Colby Covington. Yeah, that, yeah. If you can push that, whatever that third title fight is to January, 
That, I think, is the move. Dana's cashing in every fucking favor he's owed to try and get the president in the arena if they do that <laughs> fight in D.C. Facts. I, I, like, if it's in D.C. and he doesn't have to go very far, I could see that happen. I hope it doesn't happen. I don't want them to do that. I could see it happening. I just don't if want If they it. end up doing it, I could see President Donald Trump. However... In- it would be fucking awesome if Donald Trump's stupid fucking face is octagon side and Kobe Covington gets slept by Usman. That would be yeah. incredible. Watching him it fucking shuffle his fat fucking ass out of the arena with Kobe <laughs> slumped on the mat. Oh, that would be good. I agree. I agree. Brendan, your thoughts on everything that we were just talking about. Fuck Donald Trump. It would be cool to have the fight in D.C., but it would only be cool if he loses because then if he wins and that's everything that Kobe could ever dream of, which nobody wants. Well, I don't want, so fuck it. He would have the the president putting the belt around his waist. Picture that for a second. That'd be terrible. Yeah, I don't want that. No. Unless Donald Trump slips and breaks his kneecap or his leg, then it'd be (laughs) solid. A fight happens in the octagon. Trump's in the middle of it. He can't golf or (laughs) loses his toupee. Two months. That's wild. But anyways, would, the four title yeah. fights in two weeks, like, that's going to be an awesome two weeks, but I don't want it to ruin the next three months. Yeah. If you can, like I said, I don't know what that third title fight was that might line up around that time, but if you can push that to January for that pay-per-view, do that and do the three in two weeks and make the world happy and put that fight on ESPN if it isn't already. Is Cejudo healthy? Because it feels like he's kind of due for a title shot around then. Who else do we got? Maybe that was the last one. Shevchenko is possible. It won't be Zhang, I wouldn't think. No. Her next fight's gonna be in China, right? It should be. Like they're they're definitely trying to build that market. It feels like that was or whole... somewhere in Asia because they're. I think that they're just trying to build in Asia in general, but definitely China. Aren't they opening like a bunch of gyms or something in China too? Yeah, Isn't they the opened. Push? I think a few performance uh, PIs, UFC PIs, performance institutes. Is that what they're called? Yeah. Sounds right. Yeah, they, they did some of those. I was, there's a UFC gym across from Wrigley Field now, and I was there two, three weeks ago, whenever it was. Mm-hmm. It just it's just a gym with the UFC on there. Yeah, yeah, it's not. It's that's nothing. It's different. That's lame. Uh, I guess we can get into picks for this weekend's card because there's literally no other news. Nothing happened this week. Um, we are picking one, two, three, four, five fights on this weekend's card, headlined by Donald Cerrone and Justin Gaethje. First fight we're picking on the card, Misha Serkinov, minus 105 against Jimmy Crute, minus 115. All the odds of these fights that we're picking are very close. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to pick Misha Serkinov here. Just a bigger name, more familiar, and you don't pick against white Russians when you uh, have the opportunity to pick one. So, As opposed to a non-white Russian? You know what? That's a fair point. <laughs> and I'm going to take that into consideration before I make my next pick involving a white Russian. But I'm picking Misha Serkinov. I have Jimmy Crute. I think he's going to win this fight via, I don't give a fuck. He's winning the fight. White America. I like it. Oh, my God. Jimmy Crute is winning. I don't know how, but he's 10-0. Misha Sarkinov isn't that good. Wait, he's Australian. Jimmy Crute? Yeah. The Aussies. Love me some Australians. All of those that Oceania, that whole region, they're on fire. Volkanovski is oh. about to get a title shot. I thought you were telling me there was a wildfire or something. <laughs> I didn't oh, know what the no. fuck was going on. Oceania doesn't get used enough. Yeah, I think that's how you say it. Yeah. Sounds right. 
Uh, a guy that I forgot was in the UFC, Uriah Hall, is a plus 155 underdog against Shoe Face, Antonio Carlos Jr., the minus 175 favorite. Uriah Hall stinks. Antonio Carlos Jr., not exactly a fucking world beater, but a really just solid jiu-jitsu guy. He's going to get Anthony, or Anthony. He's going to get Uriah Hall to the ground, and he's going to submit Uriah Hall. Uriah Hall stinks out loud and should not be in the UFC in 2019. This feels like his f- the fight that gets him cut, right? It has to be. Yeah, that was going to be my point, that this will be the fight that gets him cut. Uriah Hall, once upon a time, used to be fun to f- watch fight. It's a long time ago. Used to be like a fun little fancy little striker but now he sucks as you said but he's even though he sucks he's coming off a win i think he's gonna push that and he's gonna win again he's coming off a win that's incredible (laughs) who'd he beat a no name Mm. right after he got slept by costa Mm. i will say that uriah hall does stink out loud there's anytime you watch him there's glimpses of that uh brilliance that everyone likes him and he's known for but he just can't ever put it together. If he can manage to win one win once, that's one thing. But yeah, he's about to lose Antonio Carlos Jr. He's coming off a win over Bevon Lewis. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's not good. Yeah, yeah, not great. And he hasn't fought <laughs> since December of last year, so it's been a while. It's been a full pregnancy term. Uh, next fight, we're picking nothing on that. <laughs> Absolutely no. no reaction at all. <laughs> at uh, all. So we all pick Carlos Jr., right? No, he picked Uriah Hall. Oh, that's wild. I have to mute my microphone because my cord's falling out to somebody speak. Um, so our next fight, since I also have the odds with me, is Todd Duffy, who is even against Jeff Hughes, a minus 120 favorite. Uh, I don't know if Bucci's back to where he can talk. Todd Duffy also stinks. And I feel like he's coming off a long layoff. Like the last time I remember. Four years. Four years? <laughs> His last fight was against Frank Mead. That was the last one I remember, so I'm glad. That's <laughs> wild. He's coming up a four-year layoff? Yes. Yeah, he's, he's only 33, so he's like basically in his prime. He got knocked out in like 14 seconds against Frank It was Mead. a minute 33. Oh, was that long? Yeah, I, like I was looking instantly. at this. This was the only fight I actually did research on. Jeff Hughes is going to beat Todd Duffy's fucking dusty ass. <laughs> I got Jeff Hughes as well. He is a favorite in a four-year layoff. It's not necessarily favorable unless your name is Dominic Cruz. Four-year layoff? Yeah. That's I'm insane. going with Todd Duffy. I think he's going to knock out Jeff Hughes inside of two minutes. Bryce going for the fucking picks this week. Yeah. This is probably the most different we've been on I mean, a card in, I don't even, pro- probably all year. It's all close odds, and there's, like, names in there where it's it's – conducive to having different picks yeah glover to share with minus 115 favorite against nikita krylovs who might who is minus 105 pretty close to a pick him here glover to share obviously more experienced nikita krylov the younger fighter just made his return to the ufc not that long ago after uh some time away i'm picking glover to share here at one time i felt like nikita krylov was a very legit prospect at 205 and had title aspirations then he goes away from the UFC, gets some wins there, and he just hasn't looked very good since he's come back to me. Glover Teixeira obviously is over the hill and is never going to reach the peaks that he was at at one time, but I feel like even now in 2019, Glover Teixeira is still a better fighter than Nikita Krylov, and I feel like he gets a finish, probably a knockout here. Oof. Yeah, I think Glover Teixeira is just old and worn out. He's 39 years old. 
that chin, chin is weakened, not like throwing out any hints that he's going to get knocked out or anything, but old age, he's not very good anymore. Not that either fighters are necessarily top dogs or anything, but I'm going with Nikita Krylov. Damn. I'm also going with Nikita Krylov. Damn. I think that, <laughs> like Brendan said, Glover's pretty old. Uh, I I mean, both of these guys are not world beaters. Neither one of these guys are going to be competing with John Jones. But I think that Krylov still might fight for a title. And Glover Zashara is just another name on his list. Donald Cerrone, plus 160 underdog against Justin Gaethje, the minus 185 favorite. Uh, <clears throat> this is a tough fight to pick. It's hard for me to pick against Cowboy Cerrone. He's a guy who can do everything in the octagon. Like, he's one of the best all-around fighters we've had in the UFC, it feels like. Yeah. But he's also so susceptible to losses. He's lost to like guys like Leon Edwards. Uh, Leon Alfredo Edwards, Sanchez. though, I mean, very good. Yeah, I mean, he's good. I'm just saying, like, as good as Cowboy is, he's super, super susceptible to a loss. To anyone, it feels like. Anybody can beat Cowboy, and Cowboy can beat anybody. Mm-hmm. Except Khabib. This is a tough fight to pick because Cowboy hasn't really been... He's never been knocked out. And that's what Justin Gaethje does is knock people out. Uh, man. This is, uh, even as I'm picking, I'm still debating what I want to do. I'm leaning towards Cowboy Cerrone because he is more experienced. He's a better all-around fighter. Gaethje's going to be relying on one thing. Unless this is the time he decides to remember that he's a wrestler again, he's relying on the knockout. And... Unless he's ripping body shots, I don't see him knocking out Donald Cerrone. A TKO is not crazy. It's definitely more likely than a straight clean knockout. But I guess I'm going to pick Cowboy Cerrone. I don't know how he's going to win. I don't even know if he's going to win. But I'm going to pick Cerrone as the underdog. I want Cowboy Cerrone to win, but don't think it's happening. In Gaethje's last four fights, which are the most notable fights, because everyone beyond there gets very bad, like Brian Foster and Michael Johnson. Who the fuck are them? I know who Michael Johnson is, but I'm just trying to say those are nobodies. In his last four fights, he's 2-2. Two and two. His, The two fights that he wins are by KO, and the two fights he loses are by KO. So the way I am picking this fight is, can Donald Cerrone knock out Gaethje? And my answer is hell no. No, he, he can rip body shots and fuck him up, and fuck up his body, but I don't think there's way, a way in hell that he knocks him out. And I think there's a pretty good chance, in thinking reverse of the roles, that Gaethje can knock out Cerrone, even though Cerrone doesn't get knocked out. Has he ever been knocked out? You said he hasn't? Uh, He's never been knocked clean out, I don't think. I certainly don't I think that's what you were saying. Right. I mean, when I say knockout, I'm saying take TKO, KO, clean knockout combined. He has been finished via strikes, yeah. So in saying that, I think Gaethje's more likely to get to knock out Cerrone and less likely to get knocked out by Cerrone. I like that logic. And he also beat he also knocked out Edson Barboza, who's a good kicker. So let's say uh, Cerrone utilizes his kicks very well. Still a good chance he gets knocked out like Edson Barboza did. And if Cerrone's going to knock out Justin Gaethje, that would be the route he'd have to take too. It would be a head kick. Which would be awesome. Yeah, I agree. But for me, this was the easiest fight to pick on the card. Fuck you. I'm, I'm this you. is Justin Gaethje. Fuck you. Cowboy doesn't tend to show up under the bright lights. That's a historic. Buju's upset. I think that Gaethje's going to be able to rip into Cowboy and eat him up physically. His pressure is something else. I just 
do not see a way that Cowboy Cerrone is going to beat Justin Gaethje. I love Cowboy. I want him to win. But I just, this is a nightmarish matchup. The Cowboy slander on this show, when we're all supposed to be Cowboy fans. I am a Cowboy fan. I'm not even a fan. I like Justin Gaethje, but I'm not even a fan of his. You got, we... I have four fights different than Bryce and you, and you guys have four, four fights different from each other, if I'm correct. I have no idea. Let's run through who we have real quick. Uh, I have Serkinov. I have Crew. Same. Uh, I have Antonio Carlos Jr. Me and Bryce yeah. have four different. We have more similar. We have like two. I three. have Jeff Hughes. I have Hall Jeff and Hughes. Hughes. I have Glover. I have Krylov and Gaethje. And I have Cowboy. So we have four different, and I have two or three different from him. We got a lot different. I think we're gonna definitely need to make every fight. No, wait. Do you have Crute or Serkinov, Bryce? Uh, Crute. We're different on every fight, then. No, we have. We both have Antonio Carlos Jr. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So yeah, we we all have have four four different. different. That's pretty good. I have to figure out the records again. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um. But yeah, I really do hope that Cowboy does this because this will be. Even after this, though, I mean, you still got to beat either Tony Ferguson, Dustin Poirier, or Conor McGregor to get a title shot. I don't see Cowboy beating any of them because he showed he can't beat Tony Ferguson. But uh, do do you think either of these two fight for a title in their the rest of their UFC careers? Gaethje no. has a higher chance. I think Cowboy has a better chance. I think Gaethje definitely has a better chance just because of there's more time. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Cowboy's going to fight till he's 57. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, I feel like Cowboy has a better chance, but I don't feel like either one of them do. I agree. I don't think that either one will. I think that, uh, like you said, to Cowboy's susceptibility to losing, Gaethje has this ridiculous knack of just not protecting himself he's, ever. Justin Gaethje kind of stinks. Like, he can, he's, he can beat good people, but he stinks. You know what I mean? But he also completely destroyed Edson Barboza. Like, he ran through him. I don't remember, if we're being honest. And even if you want to consider it his was loss. a very dominant performance. His, but go one, ahead. What one of saying? his losses is to Eddie Alvarez, which that's when that Eddie... That was a wild fight. That's when Eddie was really good, and he was competing. He almost finished Eddie, even though he did get finished. I mean, the result matters Was more that than, the one we were there for? Yeah. Yeah. He almost Man, finished Eddie, so but he still lost. So even though it's a loss, I mean, it's not like it's an, a very unimpressive loss or anything like that. So Yeah, and I mean, against Dustin Poirier, which was his next fight, I believe, in his next loss, he also looked like he was competing, but in that fight, Dustin Poirier was just a much more technical guy and picked him apart and, and slowly just fought for broke him down. I don't think that Cowboy is going to be able to do what Dustin Poirier did. And I think that Justin Gaethje is a smarter farter. Smarter, <laughs> smarter <laughs> farter. Hell yeah. That's the episode title. He just took it away from Brendan. Smarter farter. <laughs> He's a smarter fighter than Cal- or than from that Dustin Poirier and Eddie Alvarez fight. So I think that he- he's going to put it together a very good performance this weekend in Canada. So is this a show-out performance from Justin Gaethje? I don't know about a show out, but he's going to, after he wins, he's going to call for a title shot that he won't get. I feel like maybe I'm underrating Gaethje because I feel like he was so overrated coming into the UFC. 
Is yeah. That, is that fair to say? I think that is fair. He was very well hyped. And then people looked at his Michael Johnson fight as a sign of a future champion when he took a lot of shots against Michael Johnson. Even the Eddie fight. Obviously, it was a war, and Gaethje had his moments in that fight. But just as he got outclassed by Poirier, he got outclassed by Alvarez, too. I assume I'm the only one who's watched that fight back, correct? Yes. Outclass. I don't like the way you guys use outclass. You you guys might be right. Go ahead. What's your idea of outclass? Outclass is, in other words, let me just use an example. Outclass in a football game is when you win by 20 points rather than 10 you guys use out like you were saying outclass. What were you saying outclassed about? The definition You're talking of out- about Tony Ferguson outclassing Khabib. I don't Go think ahead, there's any the way definition. in hell that he outclasses outclasses Khabib even if he beats him. That's what I'm trying to say. Like he may do better than him, but outclassing doesn't necessarily mean better in my personal opinion. I don't know if that's even correct or not. The definition of outclass is to be far superior to. Yeah, that's what I thought. I don't think. Like, so you're saying a. It has to be dominant to outclass somebody. Yeah. The way I, I look at it is if you put yourself, like, in that fight, if it's clear that you're in another class than the fighter that you're fighting, you're outclassing them. Does that make sense? I feel I feel good about myself that I'm closer than, to the definition than you guys. But it, no, I, I stand I, by what I said because I think that Tony... You think he'll be far superior? No, because they haven't fought. They haven't even fought the same guys. Really, Tony Ferguson and Khabib. It's kind of hard. It's to hard to say who's in what class. So he could outclass him, and he's the only guy. I mean, it's a legitimate possibility. Yeah, yeah. But you I per- shut up, you I, dingus. <laughs> it, I personally believe that it's not no way in hell that it happens. So I'll put money on it. What would be a, a a fight example of somebody outclassing somebody to you, Bryce? Conor McGregor against Dennis Seaver. I mean that. Yes. that's well, I mean, very that's outclassing. Obvious, but but. Um, Connor versus Diaz not going all the way back to Ferguson two. and Khabib is if Tony Ferguson goes in and executes a very specific game plan that works extremely well to beat an otherwise unstoppable fighter. Whether that means he pulls guard and submits him, whether that means he avoids the takedowns altogether, if I think if you're clearly the better fighter in a fight and you end up winning. That's outclassing your opponent. Uh, yeah, that's understandable. In MMA. Yeah. So that's but, he has the potential to do that. But I don't because his movement's different than anyone else in the division. He has weird takedown defense and he loves also to fight from the bottom. I don't he's a think, wild man. I don't think when Ferguson or if Ferguson wins, it's not easily or clearly. I mean, I think he has to get like almost like a uh Anthony Pettis situation where he's on the back and just like ends up slipping something in, because all of Pettis's back finishes, I don't think that's outclassing at all. He just not necessarily got lucky, but he did what he had to do when he had to do it. See, I when I'm when I think of outclass, like, <laughs> we're just like going over the word yeah. outclass. The the fighter who's being outclassed can still have moments, like. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of another example outside of Alvin. Anthony Pettis, Michael Chiesa. How about that? Chiesa Brad, had moments? No, he was winning until Anthony Pettis came back. Never mind. That I don't was remember not, that fight. Never mind. Enough. Like Tony Ferguson versus Anthony Pettis. Anthony Pettis had a moment where he could have finished Tony Ferguson, and there was other moments in that fight where he looked good, but I feel like it was clear Tony Ferguson was another class than Anthony Pettis. I disagree. Oh, no, we're not gonna that's agree wrong. <laughs> he almost <laughs> finished him, so... <laughs> 
If they would fight a hundred times, I would pick Tony Ferguson to win at least ninety-five. Whoa, that's crazy. Ninety-five. <laughs> that's crazy. Even that, in that those is almost five finished wins, the one it's going to be fought. because of what happened—the same sort of thing that happened. He breaks his hand. It, no, he just almost. If he, that would mean that uh, Anthony Pettis actually finishes those, like catching him, it'd be a flash knockout. I don't think that. Anthony Pettis is not nearly as good of an MMA fighter as Tony Ferguson. Tony Ferguson is better everywhere. At most. Except power. If That's they, it. If they fight 100 times, at most, Tony wins 65. No way. No way. At most. He wins it. I would, man. It sucks that we can't. There's no way of actually proving it. Dana, make him fight 100 times. <laughs> Let's fucking settle this once and for all. <laughs> 100 simulations on UFC 3 or whatever the fuck the newest game is. Simulations stink. Yeah. I hate it when websites like simulate fights yeah. or games on a video game. The Cincinnati like, Bengals are simulated to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. Get out of here. <laughs> That's just something to get clicks. Get out of here. Speaking of the Cincinnati Bengals, we want to touch on week one of the NFL, week two of college football a little bit before we wrap this up. We could talk about some of the ridiculousness of the NFL. Antonio because, Brown? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That is That entire situation is completely ridiculous. People say... The guy forces a trade to get to New or- uh, Oakland, which I think the way everything panned out, he wanted them to get cut. He hired social media str- strategists to help him get cut faster. Mm-hmm. And then he, after he gets like crazy money that could have been guaranteed, that gets voided, and then he signs with the uh, Patriots. People that are saying that he finessed the Raiders, I don't think know what the situation was because he he went to the Raiders and it cost him four hundred thousand dollars because he got fined and he doesn't get any of the money that he signed a contract to receive. Yeah, mm-hmm. he only finessed them out of the two picks that they still sent to the Steelers. I mean, that was the Steelers and- though. Like, Antonio yeah. Brown didn't do that. Exactly. I don't know if he had a signing bonus or if he can keep anything. But No, he doesn't get but, anything from the Raiders. Zero dollars. Yeah. He was He's a legitimate joke. And because people, I've seen people try to compare this to Anthony Davis. And it's not oh, even close. No, this is a whole different situation. And I'm not saying... Anthony, I'm not saying <laughs> I'm not saying Antonio Brown is the fucking devil in this situation. And honestly, I think it's CTE. I think the Vontez perfect hit changed Antonio Brown because he wasn't like this before that. Ever since then, he's been a different person, it seems like, at least outwardly in the media and the way he's portrayed and everything. I'm yeah. not saying necessarily that like this was his plan from the jump. I think he wanted to be a Raider. I think he was excited to play for John Gruden, excited to play for the Raiders for whatever reason. But once he got there, he realized that it wasn't going to be the Antonio Brown show. And... Also, either. he might have realized that Derek Carr stinks out loud. Uh, Derek Carr does stink. I th- Raiders as, a, as an organization stink, too. Although he is, I think he's a piece of shit for doing what he did to the Steelers. He was talking about, he talked shit about Juju, I think, and Ben, mm-hmm. which automatically makes him a piece of shit, in my opinion. But he's ben, also a ben's player. Le'Veon Bell also talked about Big Ben, though. Ben's so an Big actual Big Ben asshole. might be a piece of garbage. Probably he looks like a, he looks like that. But <laughs> he looks the part. He's yeah. also a rapist. People despite him doing mm. these this public actions that are portrayed as bad, you have to give the you have to like kind of understand a professional player's shoes 
Not that it's yeah. easy to. And that's what I'm saying. That's why I'm not totally vilifying Antonio Brown either. Like, yeah. my boy Manti Teo is, like, justifying Antonio Brown. Maybe he's not the ideal yeah, person Manti to justify somebody. Dumbass. But <laughs> the mental health matters, especially if you're professional and you made it or not. I don't care if you made it or you didn't make it. Your mental health matters. And if he feels he's not getting what he deserves and what he needs from the Raiders or anywhere, say fuck him. Say that, release like, me. He deserves it. That's what he said in that video too. Right? He's I'm not just a football player. And like I said, I think this is a situation where we're dealing with CTE. And I, it feels like, like I've heard people bring it up, but I don't feel like it's being brought up enough because Antonio Brown changed after he hit, took the hit from Vontez Perfect. Yeah. And then Vontez Perfect held him back it when he was trying to swing on. He's trying to whoop up uh, Mike Mayock's ass. The GM. <laughs> Yeah, so huh? uh, 100%. I don't even know who that is. Fontes Perfect. He used to play for the Bengals. He's a piece of yeah, shit. Yeah, he's dude. the one that hit uh, one Antonio the- Brown illegally and gave those Steelers good field goal position to end up winning a very important playoff game. Vontes- I think to go to AFC title game. Fontes Perfect is one of the dirtiest players in the NFL. Yes. <laughs> right up there with Ndamukong Sue, mm-hmm. so on and so forth. But, I mean, it works out best for Antonio Brown in the end because he gets to play with fucking Tom Brady and the Patriots. He gets to win a Super Bowl. Yeah. And he's only making, yeah. like, $5 million less or something like that? I mean, that's a lot yeah. of money. Yeah, $15 million this year. His re- his and statistics won't be as good at the Patriots, though. But he gets to win I don't think he cares. I think he does care. I, think I don't think every- he cares about the numbers. I think he went to the – he doesn't go to the Patriots about for numbers. He goes there for a ring at the end of the year. I think he goes to the Patriots because the Patriots are the only ones who wanted him right now. Yeah, that could be a thing, too. They, were they do the take a lot of uh, screw-ups. But I lot. do think he still cares about numbers because if he goes out there and has, I don't know, seven touchdowns this year and it's only a one-year contract, he's got to go into the next offseason negotiating a contract and every team can say, well, you only got seven touchdowns. Not only that, from like a personal pride standpoint, everybody yeah. cares about their numbers and wants to do better than At others. At a talent level, he's the best wide receiver in the league. <clears throat> So if he's going, he's already taking an ego hit to an extent, and then he's going to go maybe be the number two guy in <laughs> New England. There's no way. He, once he's 100% caught up to speed, I don't think there's a way he's the number two there. Julian Edelman. Josh monster. Gordon? Or Julian Edelman? I'm just saying as far as targets and everything goes. Like, They're a wide receiver, of course, filthy. They, don't they have Demarius Thomas, too? I think. They, that, that I don't know. That I wide know receiving. Josh Gordon, Julian Edelman, now... Antonio Brown, obviously. They have those DeMar- three on the field is absolutely ridiculous. With fucking Tom Brady throwing to them. with the greatest quarterback yeah. of all time, and a great offensive line. And it seems yeah. like whoever the running back is just does good. Yeah, they they always have three running backs who are good for some reason. Like mm-hmm. Legarrette Blunt, good at the Patriots, never heard his name since. <laughs> or before, really. Fucking Montavious Green Ellis, or whatever the fuck that guy's name was. Hell yeah. Uh, Dubs. College football, anybody? Go Irish. Uh, Purdue, 11-1, and one, baby. Hell yeah. Never said a bad word about him. We're back. <laughs> it just oh, feels I, like... I do want to say, though, one more thing about the NFL. Yeah. How a bunch of Dolphins players were oh. calling their agents after that game, wanting trades. Yeah. And, I mean, football is way too dangerous of a game to tank. Agreed? What do you think? Because they're essentially, it sounds like they're going to tank this year. Are you saying the Dol- the Dolphins organization is tanking? Yes. The team, it sounds like, from what I've been hearing, Are you saying they the want to tank this a- year. Okay. I mean, And I think that football is way too dangerous to play on a team that wants to lose. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be there while they're tanking, for sure. 
Um, but it's also up to the players to go out there and win at the same time, right? And they just lost 53 to fucking 13 or whatever the fuck in the NFL. I thought it was 59 to 10. Whatever. I feel like that just shouldn't happen in the NFL. No, like there. Oh, it shouldn't. There should never be an NFL team that's that bad. And unless the defense just isn't playing, which I mean, I guess is possible, but it's up to you. Like, if you're a defensive player, you can go out there and play, whether your coaches want you or not, or whether the organization wants you to or not. And you might still lose, but I mean, you can still go out there and play. Yeah, but I mean, if there's, I, if I wouldn't, I don't blame any of them for demanding a trade no, after I would that want, bad of a I would definitely want out for sure. Yeah, that was all that I really wanted to say. It's nice that there's a team in the NFL that's worse than my team right now, though. <laughs> You're one of the better teams in the NFL. But Calm we're not. Down. Like, you have to have an offense to be good. You have to score points. And right now, unless something changes, we're not scoring points. We're the, I'm, we are the Bears, by the way. I'm talking about the Chicago Bears. Best defense in football, probably. The offense stinks. Yeah, made the Packers defense. My Granted, team looked very good. It was a terrible game plan. And Matt Nagy's game planning after the first fucking possession of the game, at his play calling, rather, is questionable. I like Matt Nagy. I like Mitch Trubisky. I like Tariq Cohen. I like Allen Robinson. I like the whole offense. But they look fucking awful against the Packers. And I don't think the Packers are all that good, so it's concerning. Yeah, Packers are going to win the NFC North, baby. They're not not going to. We will. We will. Who's winning the Super Bowl, the Patriots or the Patriots? I thought it was the Chiefs until the A B signing and that just made me actually like realize this wide receiving core is probably the best is the best. So in saying that is the Patriots. So do you think Antonio Brown goes to the Patriots and everything's just fine? Yeah. It's gonna be fine enough. He's not like gonna not make it through the season. A I lot see of people him are saying that he won't, but I see him maybe having issues with uh Bill Belichick, but no player. Tom Brady is too cool, too non—not non- nonchalant, but he's, he's like the opposite of nonchalant. He's like, but Tom Brady is not not a Ben. Ben can see as a piece piece of shit in some people's eyes. While Tom Brady Brady, wa- Brady wants to win, Ben's worried about Ben. Yeah, Brady fucking told told him live with my family for a, fuck, a couple of weeks until you get straight. That'd be weird. <laughs> it's, yeah, you walk into a room and he's just kissing his children yeah. on the mouth. Antonio like Brown living in a house where they're all kissing each other on the mouth all the time. He walks in, Tom Brady's son tries to kiss him on the mouth. Um, but it's all it's all going to come down to whether Antonio Brown likes structure because that's all the Patriots is is structure. So if he yeah. can handle that, if he can handle playing for Bill Belichick, who's the toughest guy in the league to play for for good reason, then it'll work out fine. But I mean, I he agree. he played on a really good Steelers team. I mean, before he hated you're, it, it sounds like <laughs> he did it though for years. Yes. So Mike Tomlin's a players coach. Bill Belichick's a championship coach. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Tomlin's a really good coach, but Bill Belichick is the greatest coach of all time. Bill Belichick outclasses Mike Tomlin. Yeah, it all comes full circle. It does. You can find everything we circle do it. life. Unti- it's the circle of life. Okay. I thought we were going to avoid some singing today, but I was wrong. You can find everything we do at UntitledMMA.com. Fight Picks, the podcast, the store, the Contact Us page, where if you want to advertise on the show or other such things, you can find us there. So everything is at UntitledMMA.com. You can follow us on social media at UntitledMMA on Twitter and Instagram, UntitledMMA on Facebook. You can download, rate, review, subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, anywhere there's podcasts. This one is there outside of Spotify, as Bryce loves to point out. 
Uh, I didn't point it out today. Positive feedback, constructive criticism, whatever. Just a shout out on any of those platforms as well. Appreciated. Thanks for coming out. Thanks for listening. And it's a wrap.